Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. And listen, <laughs> you already know what it is. Uh, you've clicked on the link. You've downloaded the, the podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about sophomore hip hop albums, more specifically albums that we deemed to be the best sophomore hip hop albums ever. And of course, <laughs> you see, I'm not doing this podcast alone. Uh, frequent contributor, my man. I mean, come on. He has, he has two podcasts of his own, uh, the eclectic discussion podcast and encyclopedia hip hop podcast. None other than eclectic. E is in the building. E what up, man? What's up, everybody? Black by popular demand. <laughs> you know, to click Shakur, a.k.a. Click Armstrong, a.k.a. Pod Barker, a.k.a. Black Dempsey. <laughs> Sir tweet a lot. You know, um, thank you for having me on the show. It's been too long. Listen, everyone that's listening to the show now, I know you've been waiting and debating for oh so long oh so long you, you, you he's had a lot of guests on here he's done a lot of things but hey we know, man we, we know we it's, had to get our schedules together it's christmas and spring now for everybody what's up <laughs> hey man you know I, and, and you know it's funny a couple of people hit me up i was like yo when, when he coming back on i was mm. like man i said we're gonna, we gonna do it i was like we're gonna do it we just had to get our schedules together but um yeah, man. I anytime you you guys know, anytime we talk hip hop, I gotta bring people on here that know what they're talking about. And obviously, this guy he knows just a little bit about hip hop. I mean, actually knows a lot, but I would never tell him that. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, we're talking about the best sophomore hip hop albums, uh, at least what we deem the best sophomore hip hop albums. We're gonna, and we're just gonna pick five, you know. Um, now there's this is our opinion and i would i would venture to say because we know a little bit about hip-hop we've been around for a while uh we're not new to this you know i'm i'm gonna be very interested to see how you know which ones which albums we both pick um but before we even get into that e i want to get a question from you Mm. um explain to those who may not be familiar with what we what we you know grew up listening to as far as uh when we would talk about hip-hop people would talk about the sophomore jinx i know that really doesn't people don't really talk about it now because i mean hell anybody could put, <laughs> anybody could put out an album you could be three albums down before somebody even realized that you know you're in your third album but talk a little bit about what the sophomore jinx was and, and what it was described as when we were coming up and 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 things of that nature well, see, the sophomore chinks and playing was someone would come out, drop something really hot, really popular, really good, some quality, and then their follow-up effort wouldn't meet the standard of the previous, of the first. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be so good. Um, and so I guess that happened for a lot of people or a lot of popular people or prominent people, and then they coined it as a jinx. Um, This is how I look at it. Mm -hmm. When 
an artist, whether it's uh, R&B, pop, rock, hip hop, when an artist has their first album, they've been working on and planning on that album their entire life. So that one is going to be just about everything that they got. This is everything that they thought of, everything they wrote, everything that they dreamed they could do. They're finally doing it. So it's probably going to be the best that they got. It's probably going to be really good, hopefully. And so then the second one, depending on how dope the first one is, it's a quick turnaround time. People are like, look, we got we to gotta strike what iron's high. We need you like... And, you know, they like, it took me 25 years to come up with that first album. <laughs> and you want the other one about eight months. Right. So, um, and then pressures to stay with what's current or or try to do something new. Or do you do you try to continue what you did before? Or do you try to flip it and come with something new? Maybe the person themselves has changed and they're not on what they were on. They're... They might have wrote half that stuff when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're 20, so I'm like, I'm not even on that no more. Mm-hmm. So, so so that could lead to the jinx, but sometimes the jinx ends up being a blessing. Meaning, um, if they're not on the same thing, or if they do try to do something different, maybe that album is the start of something brand new for the third and fourth album for the rest of the career. I mean, if you think about it, um, you don't know many people who can name Michael Jackson's first or second album. <laughs> and most people think yeah. it's uh, off the wall and thriller. And, <laughs> right, it's, and not. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and people can't, most people can't name Prince's first album, even mm-hmm. though it's really easy to. But um, The Dirty Mind, right? Yeah. Okay. And so, but, you know, so you, it's, 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 it's rough, but you never know. Um, you never know what can happen, but that's, that's how I look at it. That's how I approach it. No, I, th- I think that you make some great points. I, I think that's the thing that I wanted. The reason why I ask is because I wanted, you know, to get that impression from you because you're right. It, it was you had all of your life to 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 get it done, and then when you got it done, and particularly if it was any level of success. Oh, sorry, like, it's for it's for you, not dirty mind. Oh shit, yeah. I was wrong. Damn. Yeah, that's, that's what I said most people. Oh, oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's how it works. So you know, the, the sophomore jinx was a real thing. And, you know, people, you know, would put out albums, you know, especially in rap, they would put out albums and have some type of success. And then for whatever reason, maybe the fans weren't on it like they were the first album, or maybe they just weren't as good on the, on the second album. And sometimes, you know, maybe not so much in rap, but we saw an R&B where let's say the label or whomever had a lot of control over, the production and the songwriting and everything like that on the first album. And then the second album comes in like, Oh, I want to do it all myself. And they go left and the fans don't really necessarily respond to it. Like I said, you didn't really have that much in, in rap, but um, it definitely happened in R and B and pop. Um, so I'm interested to see, I, I'm looking at my five here um, and I didn't put mine in any particular order. I, I, you, I, you might have <laughs> knowing how you do, but um before we get started, take a guess. How many out? And we don't, I mean, for those of you listening, you guys know that we do uh, the fantasy drafts on the Eclectic Discussion Podcast and Encyclopedia Hip Hop. So you're familiar with how we do that. So, you know, this isn't a competition between me and E, but I I, I got to ask you, how many albums do you think that we'll have similar 
in our in our best five? Mm, two. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two. What do you say? Um. No. I say one in a P. One in a possible. Okay. One in a possible because I I know one that's going that's I, that's definitely going to be on your list. Um. The southern one, I'm not really sure, but it might be. <laughs> it might be. Uh, so let's go ahead and get it started, man. Um, give me your first album that you would put on uh, if you're making a list of the five best sophomore albums and tell me why you put that album on your list. Well, this is how I approached my list. Okay. Um, I didn't approach it as the best second album or what I thought were, I looked at all the second albums and said, these are the five best Mm -hmm. to me. What I did was I looked at the comparison from the first. So Mm -hmm. how much better or different or crazy was it compared to their first one? Um, because there's some people who will drop and the first album is great and the second album, second album is great. And it's like, okay. But sometimes they'll drop and the first album might been, might have been known and popular, but then the second one was out of here. Mm-hmm. And so those are the ones who say, all right, we're going to pick those. Um, now, it's a slow build. It's a slow build from five. So five isn't... 100% that, but it's close. Okay. And what I have is De La Soul is Dead. Mm, yes. And and even though Three Feet Hun Rising was critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, it's a classic. And it is. A, a lot of people liked it, but... It were there were backlash. People was oh the hippies, oh that's a fan, <laughs> or this, that, and the third. So then they made their second album and said, De La Soul is dead. So that stuff is dead. And they came with a brand new everything on this album. It wasn't the only thing that was the same were the MCs, the DJ, and the head skits. Nothing nice. else was the same between those two albums. And that is why I put that one as one of the best sophomore albums. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that, that one's up there for me. It didn't make my list, but it's up there. I I, I knew that this would make your list. Um, you're right. Of all of the albums that I think we're going to talk about, these these two albums that you just mentioned, De La Soul is Dead and Three Feet High and Rising, are completely different. Like You can kind of tell where you know an artist may have tried to stay on the same track but you're right they they really revamped the whole damn thing and um i i still think man there there are a lot of people that missed the boat so they missed the boat on three feet high and rising and then by the time de la soul is dead came out they really were like oh i don't understand this shit but i mean like in my opinion i think both albums are classic albums mm-hmm. um and um I, they, they are they are time capsules that I think even when you listen to them to this day you can still get something from it like when I listen to these albums they they still sound as dope to me as they did back then um my <laughs> you know what let me go with it I'm gonna, the first album I'm gonna pick is and again I didn't rank mine in any particular order 
but I know this is an album that is not going to appear on your list. Um, let's start right here in Atlanta. AT Aliens. Um, this was Outkast's sophomore album. And this album was very different from what the first album was. The first album from Outkast, uh, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music, um, was an incredible album. I think it got like four and a half mics, I think, in the source. But this album was, you know, it set the tone for what Outkast were. They were B-boys from Atlanta and they were, you know, they had style, they had flair and they were rapping and they really could rap. And by the time this album comes out, sonically, it sounds so much different. Their look changed, um, <laughs> you know, and, and to be honest, like you said, some fans didn't like it. Like they didn't like the fact that, you know, they went from being some players on the first album to it was on some spaced out shit. That's what, you know, a lot of people said. Mm-hmm. But but I think this album is a phenomenal album. I think it's better than the first album. Um, it definitely sold more uh, commercially, which, you know, doesn't mean anything. But I think you when you listen to it, you can hear the growth because, you know, to something you said a little earlier, they were so outcast was so young when they wrote that first album. You know, when you hear songs like Players Ball and Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music and Get Up, Get Out, you know, that doesn't sound like Wheels of Steel or Jazzy Bell. None, none of that stuff sounds the same. And then the production from Organized Noise gives them a sound phonically that makes it sound totally different from the first album as well. But I think it's a great album. Um, I normally listen to these albums back to back when I listen to them. Um, so, yeah, I had to put this on my list uh, as, as far as my best five. So, I, like I said, I, don't, I didn't rank mine, but... Um, I knew because my friend over here is not not necessarily a fan of the brothers from Atlanta. Uh, I knew they. I knew that I could. I might as well go ahead and talk about this early because you know he, he he's heard only like maybe how many songs off the album you remember two two songs off this album. Um, I I don't it, honestly the Outcast songs after Southern Playlistic they all mesh together with me. Okay, okay, and I and I think that that goes with what you're saying. What you're mm-hmm. saying is so the the first album when those songs came out two of my i guess favorite three or four songs from them are on that album and i actually listened to what they were saying mm-hmm. and then once the second album came out i was like i don't know who this i don't want this and so but um i don't know i'm pretty sure i've heard all the 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 video yeah. songs and the singles. Well, you know what? You did remember because we did a podcast last year. You did actually go back and listen to that album because you texted yeah. me. He's like, yeah. yeah. And we talked about it. So, yeah. yeah. yeah and you got props for that. You got props yeah, for they, that. Yeah. They just, they don't, I'm not their target audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. What, what, what's your next one? Um, Sophomore album. So, um, depending on how you look at this, if you want to be an ass about it, this is cheating, but it's not. Okay. Um. Do you want more? By the mm. Mm. Um, do you want more? Um, the their 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 first effort was Organics. It came mm-hmm. out in '93. Um, if you weren't in Europe, you probably didn't hear it <laughs> until the late '90s. But um, I I stumbled on it uh, upon it at at um, at college. Mm. 
because um and, and where where was college it's um it's where everybody's somebody um Grandma State University, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <sighs> and because um, I stumbled upon it in 94 because mm-hmm. I heard Distortion Ecstatic. Mm. And I was like, these guys are crazy. Went to my record store on campus and said, yo, I need the roots. And they were like, we got this. And it was like a black cover. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not them. I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that is. That's not that. I don't want that. I want the roots. And anyway, end up getting it. But so, um, do you want more? Is my favorite roots album, and um, I think um, my personal opinion is the roots were not as dope. I'll say that way without Malik. Mm. They if any any song that they had thought Malik and oh and Dice mm, is crazy and then when it became quote a solo act it's like oh, it's okay um, but anyway um, do you want more uh, proceed distortion of static I remain calm um, 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 uh, silent treatment the lesson part one oh my. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can't, you, you really, you really cannot compare this to organic. <laughs> you can't. Um, but um, so that's, that's where I got as my uh, fourth effort. Okay. Okay. Um, that That's a great pick, man. It, it's funny. I, I had to laugh when you said organics because honestly, man, I think I've heard that album twice. Hmm. And I want to say when I heard it, like I literally have not listened to that album probably since, I don't know, like 2000. Like it's been like, I had no reason to go back to it because I, 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 I was, I went backwards on the roots. I didn't discover the roots until Illadelph Half-Life. And then I went back oh. and heard, you know, do you want more and fell in love with, with that album. But um, yeah, so I think I, I, you're, you're right. <laughs> When organics came out, they 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 could have very well been in Europe. We don't even know. No, no, know they what. no, they only sold it at their shows in Europe. Oh wow, that's yeah, crazy. Was, that's uh, originally that's the only way only way you could get it. I don't know how my campus got it in '94, <laughs> but but because I used to have a I had a thing when I could go in there and be like, yeah, I need this, and they they get it for me somehow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they had it in '94, but they had it. But yeah, originally. Um, it was only sold in Europe, and then they re-released it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's what's up, man. I, yeah. I, I had no clue. I, like I said, I listened to Organics maybe twice. I can't I, honestly, even off the top of my head, I can't name a song except for maybe "Say What Man." I think. I think yeah. that's. On, I think the original one's on. Say What Man was on there, and the longest posse cut in history is on there. It's twelve minutes. Okay. 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 And I think I heard that on a mixtape. So I don't even I don't even remember listening to that. You past know, the you know, popcorn. Past the popcorn. Yep. <laughs> that um, but yeah, that that is a great pick, man. Um, I I love this album. It's another one where I go two and three out listening to listen to this and um and Illadelph Half Life. Um yeah, that's that's an incredible sophomore album. Incredible. Um my next pick. 
kind of like you, I, I'm gonna cheat a little bit because this artist was a member of a group and then he left the group and then he became a solo artist and he put out a solo album and his solo, his, his, his solo album was good, but his sophomore album was incredible. And I'm talking, well, I take that back. His, his solo album was, <laughs> his initial solo album was dope. And his sophomore album was just as dope. I'm talking about Ice Cube's The Death Certificate um, from 1991. I think this might be one of the blackest albums ever made. Um, I did a review on it. Um, this album, again, like I said, Ice Cube, he was already known. So it wasn't like, you know, he was a new star. He'd already you know been with NWA and already left the group um, in 1990. But he released... Um, his first album, America Cuz Most Wanted, and then the sophomore album, The Death Certificate, which was phenomenal. Um, both albums, I think, were phenomenal. Uh, but this album, from everything from the album cover with Uncle Sam with the toe tag, uh, songs like Black Korea, of course, No Vaseline, Steady Mobbing. Uh, this was Vintage Cube. This was this was Ice Cube when he was, you know, one of the best MCs in the game at that time in the early 90s. Um, this is an album that I still bump to this day, man. And, and I think it's, if you're talking about sophomore albums, there was no sophomore jinx with this one. I mean, he he knocked it out the park. Um, sonically, it sounds different from America Cuz Most Wanted because, you know, he wasn't, I don't think, I don't know if the Bomb Squad did anything on this album. If they, if they did, maybe it have been a couple of tracks, but... They had they carried most of the load for the first album, and um, but nah, man, this this joint still bumps to me. Um, Ice Cube's Death Certificate. Do you remember uh, popping this one in your in your tape deck? I never bought it. Okay, um, but I listened to you know I, I, I've obviously heard it. I was after the first album. I still fucked with Cube, but I wasn't purchasing Cube. Mm-hmm. Um, but that um, steady mobbing was incredible, mm. and um, giving up the nappy dugout. Yes. Uh, the truth of the game video is a classic. Yes, um, everyone knows no Vaseline. Um, Look who's burning is is crazy. So, nah, some of the stuff on there wasn't for me, but <clears throat> great album. And you're right, it was no um, um, even even with the producer he had, there was no jinx. <laughs> well played, well played. I see what you did there. Mm. <laughs> What's your next one? Um, three. Okay. Um, this one's easy. Like like I said earlier, the way I'm picking, I'm picking when their first album was you know decent or good, but then the second album was just crazy. So the gap, the 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 margin in between the two is what mm-hmm. makes me pick them so like when i went organics and do you want more most of the people that's listening to this show right now never heard organics but if they heard <laughs> the roots they probably heard do you want more or at least mm-hmm. four or five songs off of it so this one is easy i told you it was gonna ramp up the gap is gonna ramp up the infamous Mm. <laughs> Most people do not know wow. about Juvenile Hell by no. Mob Deep that came out in 1993. So 
the infamous being their second album being one of the greatest hip-hop albums that came out in the 90s mm-hmm. has to be one of the best sophomore hip-hop albums because i mean it took them from who's that to it was to pee <laughs> <laughs> right right and and have it so and 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 people understand the people that's listening to this that's never heard of juvenile hell it had on production extra p premiere <laughs> they were on that first album mm-hmm. big noid was on juvenile yep. hell yep but none of none of you cared nobody <laughs> but the infamous and we could talk about the infamous forever this is one of the like i said it's one of the greatest hip-hop albums in the 90s period man that album's so nice i bought it twice <laughs> man i'm surprised well you know what i take that i ain't gonna say i'm surprised what i'm surprised is we both have that on our list because that was my next that was my next pick um I told you we're gonna have two so i got yeah, one off yeah yeah you so got we'll one see what happens we'll see um what happens. yeah man i love this album i think juvenile hell i how many times i i may have heard it like three times um and I had the tape and somebody stole my tape. And that's the only reason why I only listened to it like two or three times. Cause I just, I like, I copped the dub off somebody and then somebody took the tape out of my tape. I was, I, I do remember I was in college at the time at mm. um, South Carolina state. And so, yeah, I had that, but yeah, you're right. The infamous man, you want to talk about a flawless album. Uh, I agree with you easily. One of the best hip hop albums in the nineties. Um, and what's interesting in that, and a lot of people don't know this, I mean, I know you know this, but Juvenile Hell didn't sell well. So, you know, they almost got dropped from their label. And you're right, the, the there's a huge, if you go back and listen to Juvenile Hell, there's a huge gap between how Mob Deep was on that album and no. how they were on The Infamous. They were dropped. <laughs> <laughs> They were on um, Juvenile Hell was on Four from Broadway. Oh wow! I yeah. thought okay, I thought it was just threatening. It was getting. Nah, I did the, not know that. Wow! The infamous we was on loud every day. Yeah, the infamous was on loud. Mm. They was dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and for those of you listening, kids, if you got dropped, I mean, like getting dropped by your label is one of the worst things that you wanted wanted to happen as a rapper. Especially because, after your first album, which I just I just yeah, you said could, you took your whole life to make. <laughs> like, I spent my whole life doing this. Yeah, fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, you only sold 11, 11 copies. Get out of here. Um, but yeah, I, I there's not much more I can add to what you just said, man. Um, that album, flawless from top to, top to bottom. Um, I mean, some of the and I don't even have to get into the features on the album, but it's just an incredible. If you want to know what the 90s felt like, if you weren't around in the 90s, that's what, I mean, that was the 90s right there. That was 90s hip hop right there. Um, yeah, so that that was, uh, I guess that would be my number three as well. Um, what you got next? Um, okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the greatest hip hop albums ever created, but ironically, not my favorite album from 
this particular entity. Okay. And because my favorite album is actually their first one, not the sophomore one, but the sophomore is one of the greatest. And it is called It Takes a Nation of Millions mm. to Hold Us Back. Yes, yes. Public Enemies, 1988, the greatest year of everything. Um, dropped um, after 87's Yo Bum Rush Show, which is my favorite. Um, but you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who doesn't like this album, even if they don't like hip-hop. Mm. <laughs> so <they don't> even, <laughs> nah, I don't listen to hip-hop. And you play this, they're like, you know what, that's all right. So... You just said a mouthful. <laughs> you just said a whole mouthful. Man, of course, you know, this this made my list too. Um, I told you too. Yeah, man. It it, it is uh now conversely, you said your bum rush to show is your favorite yes. album um from Public Enemy. This is my favorite album from Public Enemy. Yeah, um and that's everybody's favorite album from yeah, Public man, Enemy, except just, for me. It's and, and you know what? Your bum rush to show is a that it's a phenomenal album mm-hmm. especially when you put it in the context of when it came out and what was going on outside when it came out um and i i just i actually ran into a couple i had a discussion with somebody who said that they wasn't feeling i'm like how do you not feel your bum rush show even though and they and they were maybe a year or two older than me so they were around you know what i'm saying so like i was like wow so I actually had a conversation with somebody that did not like Yo Bum Rush the Show, which is bugged out because everybody around my way loved that album. Um, but I'm with you, man. I, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Um, you know, Sands for one song. <laughs> Party for your right to fight. Which I don't mind. I don't mind. A lot of people don't like it, but I don't mind that song. Um you can make a case that it is one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. I've heard people say that it is the. Yeah, yeah. I, you get no argument from me. I, I, I don't have it there, but it is. Man, listen, it's crazy. It mm-hmm. is a crazy album. Um, and it was you know, PE in in their heyday, and um, you know, a lot of people didn't like the third album as much, but I I love that album too. But no, nah, this one. Takes Nation of Millions. It's an out. This is one of those, like you mentioned, 88 albums. I, I don't know, man. I as I've gotten older and gotten older and, and, and more appreciative in hip hop, I just I keep going back to those 88 albums. Um both mm. in hip hop and RB. Welcome to my world. I've been <laughs> on that for the past 20 years. I mean, I you know what I'm saying? I, I what I guess what I'm saying is like just days where you just in the car and you're just riding, and it's like you go to you you turn on something, you're like, I don't want to hear that. You know, you turn on a podcast, you listen to podcasts for a little while. Podcast goes, okay, I want to hear some music. And I'm always in that place where I listen to a pod because I listen to a lot of podcasts. And when I finish the podcast, you know, after a while, you get tired of hearing people talk. So you're like, okay, let's put some music on. And it's never like, like for me, I have to be like, I have to put myself in the mindset, okay, let me sit and listen to this new Conway album. Or let me sit and listen to this new you know, I don't know. Little fart album. New Carrots <laughs> One is a banger. And, man, listen. And you know what? I have I'm glad you said that because I, I you of all people should have told me I had to see your Twitter to, to realize that he I didn't even know he had an album coming out. 
Well, since you saw it on my Twitter, I did tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when I found <laughs> out because nobody else knew. Um, so I got to go back, and I did have it written down for me to go back and listen to that. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard great things about that album, uh, even outside of you know the stuff that you tweeted about. Um, but yeah, man, it's it, it's I'm just you know I like what I like, and I love mm-hmm. what I love. So and, and it's not I'm not saying that I don't have room to listen to other stuff, but um. I find myself a lot of times, you know, when the podcasts go off and it's time to listen to something, I go back to those 88 albums, both in hip hop and R&B. Um, I'm interested to see what your last one is. Number five. Don't you? Oh, I used all yours, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, you got P.E. and then I got one more. All right. Well, this one is this one's pretty, pretty simple, pretty easy. Um, I think we might have this one together. Well, listen. This uh, this little ditty, this this little number came out, and it is the first hip hop album. Well, the maker is the first hip hop album ever made. Was the first one, and this is the follow up. Um, so, a long time ago, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This guy from Bay Shore that was that lived on Farmers Boulevard mm. made radio, and it took the world by storm. People listen to it. He does does a whole bunch of things. He never makes a video, and then wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? In nineteen eighty seven, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comes out song called I'm Bad. Mm. And we didn't know, but there was an album coming. And this album, 87, changed hip-hop forever. Not because he just dropped the album. It's because of track nine. He made a song called I Need Love. (laughs) Did that, everything changed. But um, I'm Bad, Top five hip hop song of time for me. Mm-hmm. Talking about the album, the release. Most people only know bad, but it's abbreviated for bigger and deafer. L L Cool J the Cult. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Man, listen. Okay, so we're gonna finish with two. So you were right. You were right. So I, I don't have this one at uh, it is. It barely did not make my list. Um, I told you we were going to have to. I knew this, what I was doing. This shit right here, man. Listen, I it's, it is hard to. It's hard to explain to people how big this guy was or this album was when it came out. When I say everybody had it even if you even if you couldn't afford the tape because there were no no there were no cds kids there were there were no downloads you had to physically go get the copy um man ll okay drake right for for those of you listening who listen to drake or understand how big drake is ll ll's popularity was bigger at that time in 87 than what Drake is Drake's popu- popularity is now. Let me let me let me help you out and put this in perspective go ahead, go for ahead. people that's listening. People that's listening. This year, 
Eric B. and Rykem dropped Paid in Full, their debut. Yo Bum Rush the Show, Public Enemy, we just talked about, that came mm-hmm. out, they, their debut. Criminal Minded by Boogie Down Productions came out, their debut. Rock the House by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince mm. came out, their debut. And everyone still listens to Bigger and Deffer <laughs> first and more. And everyone knows that album more than all of the ones I just named. That's how big that was. Mm. So, and and as we talked earlier, that your debut album is the you know the combination of everything you worked on. That was why Cam Karras won, Chuck D, Fresh Prince. That was mm-hmm. there first. Yeah. He came with his second, which sophomore Jinx, and blew those away. Yeah, with the second. So yeah, he yeah. this was this was so incredible, man. I just remember like I was in. You were a junior in junior college in eighty seven. <laughs> Stop it! I was in eighth grade. Um, man, listen, this right when it, when it came out, everybody wanted to be LL, and I mean like. I, I don't you don't need me to tell you about the album cover. Mm. The album cover is iconic. You know it's, he um he he got the car restored. Oh, did he? The, he got the car restored that he's standing on, and then they put it in the um, Hall of Fame when he got inducted. Wow. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he, very well deserving of his Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, he he's he's definitely if, if LL's in if LL's not in the Hall of Fame, I mean nobody else should have been in there. I I, I could make a case he should have gone in first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he uh he changed the game, and like you said, this album flipped up everything. And you know, to put a song out like "I Need Love," to have the bangers on it, I'm I'm bad. The video, I mean, we all come on, man, we all mimicked we, oh, <laughs> we all mimicked on, the video, man. man. <laughs> man it, it's so it's so iconic, man. If so you don't iconic. squish out the the, the jelly bean with jelly. your foot and then put it in your mouth and body and body roll, you know, man. <laughs> Please. Man, you don't put your hand up to your head with the shark. Sharks, man. Yeah, my head is like a shark, man. And, also, and every everybody wanted Kangos. Everybody wanted Kangos in my school. Also, the dope, you know, I'm bad. Everyone loves a bad. Like I said, it's one of it's top five for me. As soon as that comes goes off, candy comes on. That mm. beat. It's man, oh, I can't. So yeah, so yeah, that's my that's my um that's my one. Yeah, man. A- a- incredible album. Um, another one that you still gotta play to this day. Um, that coming from where he came from and having the success that he had, I guess it would have been easy if he would have fallen off. But this right here just really propelled LL to the next level, and he was already at that level already. He was, you know, the best in the game at that particular time. And um, man, we love this album. We love this album. Um, and like I said, it still bangs to this day. Uh, my top one. Um, I wasn't sure if you were going to pick this one. Uh, is it was written hmm. now? Here's the interesting thing about it was written. While I think it is one of the best sophomore albums, it's not my favorite album from Nas. My favorite album from Nas is his first album, which is Illmatic, which is you know a lot of people's favorite album um throughout my travels <laughs> on the twitterverse i've come in contact with a whole slew of generation of people who actually 
think that it was written is better than Illmatic. I don't think so. And I don't see how that's even humanly possible. But, you know, I mean, it's opinions. You know, everybody's entitled to them. But I think it's a great album. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, and I think, I think, I don't know. I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or if we talked about it on your podcast. But I do remember, like, there was some pushback uh, from some some of Nas's fans that wanted Illmatic too, and that was one of them. <laughs> so we probably did talk about it in your podcast. Um, and you quickly realize after uh, what maybe track two or three that this wasn't Illmatic too. Um, you know, Nas, it, it it was it's commercial. You know, it was it was. I think even to date, it's still his best selling album. Um, it got him on MTV and, and I get it. I understand why. And I think, again, I think it's a dope, dope album. Um, I just don't know how, particularly if you were around in 1994 and then, you know, subsequently in 1996 for this album, I don't know how you could rate it over Illmatic, but again, you know, I, it just depends on where you were in life, I guess. I don't know. Um, but no, but no, it's still a great album, man. It's an album that I still listen to. Um, again, I don't, it's not as revered for me, but I still think it's a dope album. Um, I wasn't really sure, E, if it would make your list. Uh, well, the reason why it would have made my list mm-hmm. and the reason why I just didn't think that from because of the criteria I put on myself from Illmatic mm-hmm. to it was written, it, was, it wasn't a huge departure. You know, in, in terms of quality. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's the only reason. Gotcha. No, that makes that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, so I think uh I think all of these that we mentioned, um, you know, are great albums that you know you can still play and still get something from. Um and and it it was it was it was a time where, like I said earlier, if you didn't do well <laughs> If you didn't do well in your first album, you know, the pressure was on for you to knock it out the box for your second album. Um, case in point, uh, the Fugees. Mm-hmm. That, was first on, that was on my list. Okay. Blunted on Reality was their first album. Uh, and that was garbage. <laughs> I like vocab. No, there's three songs on that is dope. That's it. Yeah. And that's, that's, man, that's the truth. Oh my God. That's the truth. Um, but uh but yeah that was another one that was didn't make my list but you know it was um you know i, I it's it's a great album it, it's still a great album it's one of the best albums from 1996 uh some people will tell you it's one of the greatest albums in the 90s i can't really go that far but you know i mean it is what it is were, were there any that you that didn't make your list that you would like you know kind of give an honorable mention to oh of course <clears throat> Um, Unfinished Business by EPMD. Come on, man. Um, There's a Dark Side by Red Man. Come on, man. By All Means Necessary by Boogie Down Productions. Okay, stop. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Question. Mm-hmm. Why did that not... Because I knew that that would make your, your list. Because it was just on the outside of my list. Because, like I said, the, the, it wasn't a huge drop-off in quality from Criminal Minded. Mm-hmm. It was just as dope, and some people, you know, most people like it, you know, more. So it wasn't like it wasn't organics to do you want more. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was more Illmatic and 
uh, it was written. So that's why. Um, okay. Okay. Um, Wanted Dead or Alive by Coogee Rapid Polo. Mm. Supreme Clientele. Come Again, on. it wasn't a big enough gap from Iron Man to Supreme Clientele. They're both ludicrous. <laughs> so mm-hmm. was, I, and and the last one that I had was um, King of Rock, Run DMC. Mm. Oh no! Nah. Now, now you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> King of Rock, Run DMC versus Run DMC. King of Rock is is crazy. It's just you know. I got um. Who do I have on here? I got. By all means necessary. That, like I said, that one just was on the outside of my list. Um, and album I still love listening to to this day. Um, what else? I had Do You Want More as well. Um, <laughs> I know this one would make your list. Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City from Kendrick Lamar. Um, probably the only album I can think of in the 20s or in the aughts. Um, that I would even consider, you know, putting in this category, but this one's close because for as much as I love, and I think now I will go back. I think section 80 is a better album than good kid, Mad city barely. Um, but you know, for 2012, good, good kid, Mad city was out of here. And I think, you know, Kendrick, that just kind of this album propelled Kendrick on his, you know, run, um, late registration, um, even though I don't really, you know, rock with dude like that anymore, I, I can't deny that album. That that is an album that I, I used to bump all the time. Um, Follow the leader, uh, Eric B and Rakim, another joint from '88. <laughs> uh, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Another joint from '88. Um, and what was the other one? It was one more that I could. Let me see if I got it on here. I didn't write that one down. Um, outcast and infamous. Uh, oh no, you said it. E- uh, EPMD unfinished business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those those um, all great sophomore albums, man. All great sophomore albums. Um, yeah. So that that's it. Um, before we get out of here, E man, tell folks where they can catch you, where they can catch the podcast. Listen, and if you if you want to hear some um some eighties nostalgia, nineties nostalgia, rambling mm-hmm. and musings. Um, check out the podcast, Eclectic Discussion Podcast. Um, it's uh, it's released when I release it. But the good thing about the show is all of the episodes are evergreen. So you're not missing out on anything. You don't need to listen to one to understand the next. And if you listen mm. to the very first episode, it's not old. So mm. it's all, you know, that type of thing. And um, hip hop. If you're a fan of um, the beginnings of hip hop, if you want to learn about hip hop's origins, or if you want to um, see why things were dope, um, 70s, 80s, and 90s hip hop, Encyclopedia Hip Hop Podcast, available everywhere. And again, just like with the other one, all evergreen. You can get in, listen to um, album reviews, songs reviews, rankings, drafts, some of everything. And um, um, check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, Eclectic Podcast and um, what we got? Encyclopedia HH, I think. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. those are the Twitter and Instagram ham- handles. So um, go, go say what's up. Oh, for sure, for sure, man. Y'all make sure y'all check that out. I mean, obviously, 
Uh, you've heard him talk on here about hip hop. So I, I would I would think that you would definitely want to get down with that. Um, you've been listening long enough. You should know how to find find this podcast. Uh, the 12 Kyle podcast is everywhere. Uh, anywhere where you can get podcasts for free. Uh, podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. And you got to subscribe because from time to time we will drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Uh, that's going to do it for us. So for me and my man Eclectic, I'm your boy 12 Kyle. This has been another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000. Rah!